Buenas noches, universe of my lack of Spanish language skill. I wonder if in another universe I'm fluent in a foreign language, because boy, if there was one thing I was terrible at in this universe, it was trying to learn another language. I mean, many of you would argue that I didn't do so well learning English. Touche, mon ami. Hey, there's the little bit of French I know. Anyway, ugh. Maybe I should have tried to learn Japanese or something so foreign in structure that I would have had to basically treat it like a computer language because at some point I think I learned basic and even uh, Fortran. Boy, that feels like a class I took somewhere along the line. Who knows? Who cares? I, uh, I certainly am no wizard when it comes to language on any capacity, even though I claim to be a proficient speller. I still think I'm a pretty good speller. I don't think I'm great, um, but I know I'm terrible when it comes to acquiring language, especially of another tongue. Uh, <clears throat> I do hope in this episode to <laughs> get back to the dangling thread of influence or being influenced. And I and when I re-listened to the last recording, oh, and it is, hang on, it is the fifth of of February, and. It is currently 11.59, is that right? No, it's 11.59 in 11 seconds, so it's 11.58 um, on the 5th of February, and I had today off, and honestly, some of it I had to sleep away to catch up on my, my schedule from uh, awkward, too many late morning, night episodes in a row, <clears throat> but now that I'm back to... <laughs> the fractured sleep schedule that has me completely wide awake at 11.59 p.m. on the 5th of February. Um, I wanted to revisit the concept of influence. And, uh, and, hmm, that word's weird, right? Like, the last episode, I do believe, spoke to having a positive influence on those around me. And I... I hope to have that daily. Literally, every day I can go to bed smiling if I had a positive influence on those around me. In whatever capacity I had to take damage and hits, the positive influence that results will always make me able to sleep well. Um, now, fortunately, most of those positive influence on, on those around me, and it is now midnight, hello, 6th of February. Um, if if most of those experiences weren't reverberating and bringing the same influence back, in other words, this harbor's lifting all boats, then I don't know that I'd be such an addict when it comes to those experiences. But if I never had another one that provided me any sort of uh, return um, reward, I would still go through the process because I still enjoy more than anything watching other people elevate because of my presence for whatever reason. Even if it's to unscrew a lug nut on the side of the road for somebody who's, who uh, currently doesn't have the strength. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter how you help somebody. Helping somebody is always better than that. But <clears throat> influence. A way that I am influenced is from within, 
as I've already spoken to, I do have a hard time drawing a line where property exists. And I, I know I've had this problem since I was a little wee one. Um, because uh, I have been uh, a petty thief to downright uh, a thief at various times in my life. And I'm not proud of this. I don't uh, consider this an admission that's going to make us all feel closer. If anything, I probably just had some people never want to hear from me again. That's fine. Uh, I, I, I believe this is a sand line drawn that I respect. So then why don't I respect the line of property in general? I don't know. But I'm going to say that this is some way that my makeup is influenced to think. Because I can go back to several episodes as a child that, hmm, I don't know that I consider this the beginning of my deviance, but where I outright dismissed the line of value that it is to respect another person's property. The first few are very innocent, and one of which is stealing my best friend James' soccer ball. And it wasn't a soccer ball, I think it must have been a volleyball, but it was a unique ball that, I don't know, he probably told me I had special powers, or in some capacity, I felt like I really wanted it, and it was one of a kind, and the only way I was gonna have a ball that cool was to take James. And I did, I took it right off his front porch, and then claimed I didn't do it when I was obviously the only suspect. So my first attempt at crime was terrible and frankly was motivated by um, selfish desire for some sort of property attainment in a world where I thought that thing was uniquely special. And I think, you know, of course we all want to hold on to the Holy Grail when it's there to be had. But <clears throat> this is not something that persisted in my life, but that is the first episode I remember where I took something that wasn't mine, aside from maybe taking stuff from my sister. Um, as a kid in the same house. I probably did that plenty before this one episode. But the next episode I remember was more significant because I got in trouble from the guy working at Safeway when I reached into what at the time, and I'm guessing I'm six, seven years old at this point, um, there were candy carousels that had, like they were these four-way divided uh, bulk bins that just had candy you could scoop into bags. But you could also just reach up and take one of the candies. And the candies in there were like those twisted up butterscotches or the, the um, I don't know, the candies of the 70s that you could buy in bulk. The one I actually took was this little wrapped up rectangular white loaf of injected colored jellies uh, that was this chewy gob fest of, you know, seven-year-old mouthful delight. And, uh, and they were all just sitting there openly available in abundance. Uh, clearly there was enough for everybody in the entire store if everybody wanted one, so I took one. I thought those were kind of the rules whereby abundant offerings were played because that was the rule in the classroom. That was the rule in 
but you know whatever boy scout groups you brought one you brought enough for everybody shared and when i took one and i never even started eating it but i did start to unwrap it i've had every intention of eating it believe me the guy in the white apron came over and told me i was i asked me i believe asked me if i had paid for it made me understand that what i was doing wasn't acceptable and i don't think i really understood why it wasn't acceptable because i there wasn't a price tag on it there wasn't you know there was no indication that this was something that wasn't just a free sample you know but by the back and forth you know and then my mom immediately was on the situation i think he might have even been right there like i don't even think we were separated i just think he noticed that i had grabbed a candy that my mom hadn't noticed and started eating it and uh so then comes the conversation of do you understand blah 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 and then i kind of get it you know and literally i mean my mom explains this the next time we're at sears where they have a candy uh counter with chocolate covered peanuts that you can see but you can't grab and my mom is explaining the concept to me that this is the same situation you still have to pay for them they're just not available to be bagged up here the lady behind the counter does it these aren't yours till you've paid for them just like they aren't yours till you pay for them at safeway like i remember all this stuff these are lessons i was learning about property okay so i get that right <clears throat> and uh and i understand that if something's in a store without a price tag on it that doesn't mean it's free or not for sale you know what i mean like these are stupid lessons you have to learn as a kid and then along in your life comes who we will call uh opal gt well opal gt was on my baseball team and i didn't really start playing competitive um little league baseball until third grade i played t-ball in second grade with a bunch of other uh uh non-athletic kids while another round of kids kind of were playing hardball and then in third grade we all started playing hardball together i was not a very good baseball player except for one and a half years of my life and that's another story but there was uh on my baseball team what were the neighborhood kids and this kid um was uh he went to a different elementary school and and he was one of like say half the team that i didn't know from school that i got to know through sports and this was baseball football and soccer we basically all played the same sports together and so these these became very good friends but in third grade i was sort of just meeting them and opal gt and um, a couple other neighborhood kids that i didn't know plus a couple of my good friends i remember scott was there for sure um i'm not sure if i don't think uh who cares in other words a pack of us after practice head down to 7-eleven now this is something i'm not allowed to do except with an adult with me like i'm allowed to go to 7-eleven but i can't go by myself or with my sister i have to have an adult which includes my babysitter so but the rules for me about 7-eleven are pretty clear so first i'm breaking a rule by going to 7-eleven under the circumstances in which i'm not with an adult but i figure you know with all these kids you know hey my you know 
I figure if, if I get in trouble for that, I can explain my way out of an after-practice group activity. Well, while we're down there, Opal GT steals, like, I don't know, two bucks worth of candy. But enough that his pockets are full, his shoes are full, and he's wearing high-top, like, cleats. His shoes are full, and... He, I mean, he's got three different kinds of gum, two different candy bars, and I went in there and spent, you know, my dollar or whatever I had on two things and come out with this kid who has just basically, uh, you know, robbed the store. <laughs> and I had never thought of this as something that you could get away with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't think you could shoplift successfully because... Whenever I'd done anything like this, I'd gotten caught. So I had never even thought for a second about trying it. I just, you know, if I wanted candy, I would go ask for 45 cents. And then if I couldn't get it, I'd figure another way to get 45 cents. But I wouldn't go steal the candy. And here was Opal GT. And I do mean strutting up the street as we left 7-Eleven with this cash full of what was almost like Halloween to me. And so the next time we all went down there, well, let's just say that shoplifting was kind of the purpose. Everybody was going in there to steal. And I'm, I could be conflating this memory, I'll admit, but I'm pretty sure we got yelled at as a group to get the F out of the store and all ran away. And I only say that I remember that because I'm not sure if that happened that day or like a year from then, but I know that experience is one from my childhood. What I don't know is the year that I was going to this ice skating rink that I actually had a crush on a girl. And so it's either fifth or sixth grade. And I wanted to bring something to the ice skating rink to give to her. And so I didn't have any money, but I thought I could go down to 7-Eleven and steal a candy bar or a pack of gum. I'm pretty sure I stole Big League Chew. So why that's what I thought I would give a girl in fifth grade, I don't know. But whatever, I got caught. And, and the, the manager who caught me made me call my parents and my mom wasn't home. And so I had to call my dad but I couldn't get a hold of him so I had to sit there and like after an hour I finally got a hold of my mom and she call she comes down to get me and take me home and the thing I'm most worried about is the fact that this ice skate or roller rink party for the school is happening that night and it's like four o'clock it's 4 30 it's 4 45 and you're supposed to be on the bus at the school to go to the roller rink at, I think, 5.45 or 6 o'clock, right? So I'm getting nervous that I'm going to miss the whole thing. Well, little do I know that as soon as I get in the car and my mom has taken me from the, uh, the guy. Oh, and here, wait, hold on. The guy says, you know, I've seen kids who end up in this situation and uh, uh, 
you know, I've got some friends in the sheriff's department, whatever he does, he ends up having a friend in some sort of detention capacity in the official sheriff's department down in Denver um, that uh, he gives my mom a number or agrees to contact this guy or I don't know what, but let me tell you, my dad and I ended up going down to the Denver sheriff's office over all this to see their detention facility to give me a crime stoppers moment of life. And, and I might have needed this. Like my parents might have known I was a little slippery when it came to stealing. Like I clearly had no moral qualm about what I was doing to try to impress. I think her name was Jenny Lynn. Ah, I think her name was uh, Park Bench. But Park Bench, you know, was my first crush. So compromising my morals might have been something I was willing to do anyway. It, it doesn't matter. The point is, the retribution that came from this wasn't even so much that. It was A, that I was grounded, so I wasn't going to the roller rink party. My mom made that clear. <clears throat> but not only did she go in my place and with my sister, but alone in the house, grounded, I sat, waiting for my father to come home, who knew what I'd done. And so I was basically waiting for him to tell me how wrong I was. And you know those times where you just are, you, uh, you dread what is about to happen, so you want it to never come, so you hope time ticks by forever. But every second that ticks by brings you closer to that dreadful moment. So it's just that relationship of wanting time to fly by but not go by at all. Until I hear the Pontiac station wagon pull in, which they used to park right by my bedroom window outside. So when the parking brake was engaged with the clickety click, 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 I knew my dad was home. And I started panicking. I mean, I was already in bed, like it was late. It was after dark. And, uh, and I heard him come in the back door. I heard him, you know, put his stuff down and walk into my room. And I think, I'm sure I was already crying or if not, I'm sure I burst into tears as soon as he walked in. But I remember him sitting at the end of the bed and looking at me and just saying, I'm just so disappointed. You know, he wasn't really mad. It was the first time my parent, one of my parents was truly disappointed in me. And, and I, I guess I understood that, that sort of reaction, you know, but I, I expected there to be anger and I'm sure there was more than I can recall at the time. But disappointment in the moment uh, wasn't enough. Because this was the first real disappointment I'd ever at least given my dad, I think. Probably my parents in general, but I'd never really been in trouble ever. So this was definitely trouble. This was a sign that things needed to be different. This is a reason why I think my dad would agree to take me down to see the literal holding pen, uh, the uh, drunk tank of the sheriff's office of Denver, Colorado, when I'm a seven or eight year old or 10 year old or 11 year old, I don't know. I was young, I was in elementary school. 
probably in fifth grade, if I'm being honest. I think that was the year. Um, and fifth grade was a crazy year for a lot of reasons. I'll get into that someday. But that, that moment in time, I think I felt the first time in my life of, I followed all the rules, I followed all the rules, I followed all the rules, I break one rule, and here I am paying for it. Other people, like Opal GT, can shoplift the whole store and walk around like, you know, God's on water or something, you know? Feeling like maybe the universe is overlooking my talents or maybe I don't fit in or maybe I'm just destined for failure or maybe I'm a choke artist. I disappointed my dad that day. And more than anything, I'm disappointed by the fact that I was influenced into a mindset that wasn't really mine by a social situation that had I been stronger in, I could have scaled above. This is one of the early moments of my life where I know I was training myself to think ways I don't think. I wanted to be cool, well then I should break a law or two or do something bad or come out of 7-Eleven with things I didn't pay for. I don't believe that, I really don't. And so, <sighs> I'm certainly not gonna cry over this one. But I've been influenced by plenty of things that I shouldn't have been. And Opal GT is one of the more benign examples and certainly is not the kind of influence that I can blame for any of my behaviors. I was ready to become a thief. I unfortunately still believe that there's very limited value in ownership as a concept. I'm not saying it doesn't have some argument. I can certainly show up on the debate stage and volley back and forth. But that kid who reached up into the bin at Safeway to grab a gross little white nougaty jelly bar knew there was enough in the whole place for everybody. I wasn't making a decision recklessly. I'd calculated that that bin certainly, not only did everyone have enough for one, I'll bet everybody could have had five. And then I was told that no, what you have to do is you have to go to school for 12 years, then you have to get a job, then you have to get paid, then you have to come back here with money, and then we'll exchange that for some of these little white globule jellies. <clears throat> That's how it works. <sighs> okay. Like I said, I understand civilization gives too many gifts to count. But it also starts telling you things that aren't true. Like, as long as everybody has enough, then abundance is here to be celebrated. Not always true. And when you learn these lessons early, you start thinking that way. And once you start thinking that way, well now you can fall for all the tricks that come next. I fell for them. I don't want to see those tricks taking advantage of anybody else. And I certainly don't want anybody to think that if we have enough for everybody, 
that means that we have to do something about distributing it. If there's enough for everybody, then let's figure out how to get everybody their share.